This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk to Ted Leonsis. He's chairman and CEO at Monumental Sports and Entertainment. This guy wears so many hats. Absolutely. And he has a big... Absolutely. And he talked to us not only about owning a basketball team, but being an early investor in a lot of big companies, including one of our favorites, Fortnite. Right. Exactly. He owns the widget. He owns the Wizards, he owns the Capitals, and the Capital One Arena. What's the single biggest thing as it relates to that nexus of tech and basketball right now? Um, Well, the NBA is a platform that's no different than Google or Amazon. We have a big corporate structure of the league. We have multiple apps, NBA, WNBA, G League, uh, NBA 2K, Summer League, and that our data that we generate is um, deeper, uh, more real-time than anything that you cover at Bloomberg in business and industry. And so uh, just as your company grew as a platform, it started terminals to a small group and now is a gigantic media company focused on financial services, I believe that the NBA will continue to grow on a global basis. So that didn't happen by accident, right? I mean, you it feels like the NBA is around the corner from other leagues, candidly. You know other sports yeah, as well. it started when I was at America Online. We did the first deal with, uh, I used to call David Stern, Commissioner Stern, uh, Commissioner.com. <laughs> and, and he really saw it. He started this... Um, this tech conference. Uh, this tech conference is one of the most important uh, industry events. I mean, it's everyone who's in technology wants to come, and in media, because um, our game, our sport, is the most valuable content, the most valuable data on the whole media landscape. And it's um, very, very relevant to. Older people, like I call this modern nostalgia. I mean, I walked by and I saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and it's like <laughs> Kareem. I mean, I grew up with Kareem, and and it's very, very relevant to millennials. It's fast-paced. It's real-time. It's lots of data. It's very relevant to the next generation, the Gen Z, who will never get cable, who want to interact with um entertainment and stars and we're leaders in esports um, i've been make personally uh, been making huge investments in esports i own team liquid with peter gruber owns the golden state warriors how big is that market going to be we see numbers of about a billion in 2020 how how big do you it is think? going to superset um all of the leagues in terms of engagement because it started globally it didn't start in north america or canada it's uh it's something that started globally, and it's free to get started. I, I made an investment in Epic and, and Fortnite, and it's the ultimate, it's the perfect communal game, right? And, and it's kids getting together and playing a game. They survive on, on the island, and they're talking with their friends, and it's become a platform. Did that become bigger than you thought it was? I mean, that has become a juggernaut. Did you anticipate it would be this big, Fortnite? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. What is it, but what is it about Fortnite? Because, I mean, it really has, I think it caught a lot of people off guard. Not you, apparently. But it really came out of nowhere to a lot of people. Well, the, the management team, the leadership team of Epic is... Um, Just down the long, road here, right? Yeah, a long yeah. time in that industry. And their founder, CEO, really has a good touch with the publishers and the studios and understanding what's going on. But what he was able to do was to make an exchange. I will give you for free a real communal piece of software that will activate friendships, activate... Uh, viewing, I think it's the first um, first um, multi-user game that was designed that would be easy to follow. Most of we, we play in League of Legends. There's Overwatch leagues. Yeah. If you haven't played the game, you're new to it. You just yeah. get dropped in front of a television. It's hard to understand what's going on. Fortnite, you can understand. It's bite size. And, and it's building a platform that's global and worldwide. Ted, I see the NBA team owners, teams, um, and the league, you know, developing interesting partnerships, whether it's Intel, other tech companies, whether it's streaming companies. Is that how you do it going forward, or does it lead to more acquisitions of you guys kind of getting closer and closer? Well, I th- partnerships are very, very important, and we right now are very focused on giving a lot of value to our media partners. I think gaming and gambling, um, I was head of the, the NBA media committee, chairman of the media committee, and I saw that they wanted our content, but they were very nervous about what the future would hold because it's not so much cutting the cable, it's that young people never will sign up for it. And so so in this two-screen universe, if you can create an environment where people will get deep into the data and engage before the game, during the game, after the game, be communicating, um, it's really, really good for the media partners. And then it'll be really, really good for the league and the owners and, and the players. So do you have to do acquisitions or can you just do it through I, partnerships? I don't, I don't think that the NBA will do acquisitions. I can see as though expanding... Um, globally. I think that that right now we're seeing with NBA 2K, it's possible that 10 years from now, an NBA 2K player will be much more viewed and be a bigger star than the biggest star in North America who's playing in a building. So, got to ask you, you are widely uh, involved in Washington as an owner, as a citizen, as a community leader. We live in a very, shall we say, political time. Uh, you also are involved in the league here, the NBA, which has really encouraged social activism uh, among its players, mm-hmm. uh, among its owners. How do you strike that balance, given the world we're living in? Uh, I really believe that we have uh, enormous social responsibility running sports teams. We, um, we create these lifelong memories. We, we employ 4,000 people full-time and part-time. We're one of the biggest taxpayers in the city. And as I remind everyone, um, I'll be in my seat as an owner of Monumental Sports and Entertainment much longer than anyone will be in the White House or be in the mayor. We, we, we represent the spirit and the culture. We, we're longevity. We have to be trusted in our community. We have to 
do the right things the right way and be very, very socially engaged. Our philanthropy is very, very important. The way that we want to um, structure the game day experience and how it touches, um, touches um, transportation, the business community. We helped to create an organization that was very instrumental in convincing or helping to convince Amazon to come to Washington, D.C. Um, we really believe that we play, we punch way over our weight as a sports team in terms of being civic leaders. And I view what I do is I have to get reelected 82 times. I'm constantly <laughs> running campaigns just to make sure that our fans are engaged, that they trust us, that they like us, that they love the players, they love the game experience. But it's a balance, especially as Jason was mentioning, like it's such a divisive political environment and you can have fans love your team, but maybe don't love when a a, a player comes out and says something. How do you balance that? Um, the NFL's had a tough time with that. Yeah, the NFL has, and we've been very fortunate in the NBA between our commissioner and our key players, um, LeBron James, Chris Paul, some of the leaders in the union have been very, very thoughtful. Uh, we have some leaders on our team. John Wall is unbelievably uh, conscious of giving back. Bradley Beal, who's an all-star, who's here. If you sat down and talked to Bradley, I mean, my last conversation with Brad, when we finished, I said, Brad, when you retire, you could be CEO of a company. Your thoughtfulness, your your cognizance of what customers want, what consumers want, your ability to provide vision and leadership is is what everyone aspires to. And so so they it used to be a generation that said we don't want to be role models. A lot of our players today really understand that they have a position of uh, great celebrity. They get paid a lot of money. Uh, Bradley loves the comment that I made to him, to those who much is given, much is expected. And he has internalized that. And so our players are leaders, and a lot of our fans and a lot of the young people take their cues from them and how they handle themselves. Health. I mean, all of our players now, it's not like the old days, because so much money is involved that the players understand that their body is their temple. And so talking about hydration, talking about not doing drugs, talking about exercising, talking about getting sleep, eating well, well, that will be focused on taking away one of our big issues, which is childhood obesity in our community. And so, so doing those kinds of things that propel their careers also play a big role in society in creating an exemplar kind of environment for young people. Okay, got to ask you, what did Washington get right, the Washington area get right that New York got wrong when it comes to Amazon? Um, I think it was a real communal uh, activity. We made sure that all of the universities worked very, very closely uh, with what Amazon needed. We made sure that the transportation system was going to be modified to make sure that they came. And it was just a very open and transparent kind of communication. And I don't know what's happened in New York, uh, but I do know that we're thrilled that Amazon is coming and we'll keep the lights on 
for them and work very, very closely with them. One last question. You mentioned uh, some of the investments you've made. What are, what, what are the things you're investing in? What are the technology and trends that you find interesting that are going to be kind of front and center for all of us in, I don't know, three, five, ten years? Um, well, new food. We, we're surprisingly making lots of investments. There's a company called Sweetgreen that really is kind of, let's say, the McDonald's, but for this generation. And they've used technology on their value chain and how they order and how they are able to serve up information and menus. Um, It's interesting, this third wave concept of how the web is changing all businesses. Sport Radar, a company that's here, very, very important. DraftKings, we're big investors in. Uh, at Revolution, Winview, which is a company that also is in that space. And so anything around big data, um, Tempest, a company that basically is big data for healthcare on, on cancer, being able to create a panel um, of just hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that um, can identify what are the best treatments that will give you an output of longevity and quality of life. And so it's the, it's the greatest time to be alive right now. You know, I said 25 years ago, today is the worst day the web will ever be. There'll be more people on. There'll be more investment dollars put in. There'll be more community. There'll be more infrastructure. And it has powered and changed every industry, every business. And all of the good that it's doing, unfortunately, sometimes gets drowned out by that small, loud uh, voice. Will that small, loud ruin it? No, I I think that most of the big companies understand that they need more regulation, that they've become too big, and that's fair. Uh, They certainly are creating jobs. They're paying taxes. But regulation for many of these companies is the right thing. Um, the Uber, Uber really needed to be tamed, if you will, and become part of the transportation infrastructure of the country. Drones are becoming more and more important. Well, they're going to work with the government. They're not going to be able to fly over airports and over the There's no industry where partnership and policy and technology come together, and all policy, all roads either lead to your state house or to the White House, and I'm hoping that we become more and more thoughtful on this intersection of the web and all these other industries. And, you know, I implore the media to talk about some of the good things that are being driven by technology and not just what's happening on Twitter, right? Because Twitter's not the real world, but it's so real time. It's such a a drug for the masses to be able to see so-and-so said this, and let's talk about that in stream of consciousness. Um, There's a lot of great work that's going on that will enhance our our lives, enhance um, the educational system, level the playing field for young people through education. And, And I tend to be an optimist, and I think most business leaders want to have a social responsibility to do the right thing the right way. So that was our conversation with Ted Leonsis, a man of many talents wearing many hats in the nation's capital. A wide-ranging conversation, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. We caught up with him. We caught up with him at the NBA All-Star Tech Summit in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Really fun to sit down with him. And that wraps up our Bloomberg Business Week Extra podcast. I'm Jason Kelly. I'm Carol Masser, and this is Bloomberg.